And here we are on another crossover episode. I am Chris Clark. He is Chris Carter. We're going to be talking about this Chiefs game against the Steelers, which has had a little bit of changes over the past couple of days, uh, and unfortunately not good changes. Uh, but we will get to that in just a moment. I do want to quickly thank you, Chris. I uh, really appreciate the Steelers taking care and beating the Titans on Sunday. Hey, hey, listen, listen. Anytime the Steelers can advance your efforts by advancing their own, they will try their best to do just that. Um, and uh, the Steelers had to had to get the Titans out the way anyways. Uh, but the Steelers would appreciate it in, uh, in, you know, just if you guys could reciprocate and just lose this week, you know? Those yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that that's the way that's going to work. <laughs> That's uh, a fair I mean, trade. No, I think maybe you know taking care of the Bengals next week would be a fair no, trade. That, that, that'd be fine. Uh, but uh, you know, actually, there's a lot to talk about in this game because Absolutely. you sit here and you look at it, and Kansas City is in a situation where they have what 14 players now on the COVID list. That's yeah, uh, Harrison Butker is out of this game. He will not play. He is unvaccinated, so he cannot come back. But with the new protocols, we don't know which players are going to be available for Kansas City at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Kelsey went on the list. Tyreek Hill went on the list. Uh, Willie Gay just came off the list today. Josh Gordon just came off the list today. Chris Jones is still on the COVID list, but he's subject to the last protocols. Uh, Nick Bolton, who had a fantastic game against the Chargers, went on the COVID list today. So they get one linebacker back. They lose the other one. Uh, Blake Bell's on the COVID list. I mean, Kansas City is going to be dealing with a lot of COVID issues. Uh, Lucas Nang, their starting right tackle, is also on the COVID list. So mm-hmm. lots of questions when it comes to how that's going to transpire in this game. And I wish we could tell you, but we have no idea right now who is going to be available for this game. And, and the same thing goes for the Steelers. <clears throat> the Steelers have to put Devin Bush, Zach Banner, and Marcus Allen on their list. Now, Zach Banner and Marcus Allen, Zach Banner, you know, a backup offensive tackle. Marcus Allen, a sort of box safety that plays like, you know, the, the third or fourth linebacker on the team at times. But Devin Bush is a big one. Even though he hasn't been playing great this year, he's come on in the last couple of weeks, had a nice breakup last week. It was almost an interception. And now if, you, if he misses, ends up missing this game, it's going to force the Steelers' hand at the linebacker position. And with Marcus Allen potentially not in, on it, that would have even thin, their, thin out that group even more it granted that's not nearly the problems that the, that the chiefs have with with covid <laughs> but the worry is that you know we're we're talking about this episode airing thursday things could yep. happen overnight i mean as it you know as it is it's happened to a few teams this year where you know the covid cases spike up on a friday or a saturday and then you have no time to react and then that's when the, the question comes from moving the game but i think you and i can both agree the bottom line is that this game needs to be played Sunday. Do not move this to Monday or Tuesday. Do not push this further back. Both for but for both of these teams need this game to be played on schedule so that they can get ready for their next games because both of them play major major games the very next week. The Steelers take on the Browns and of course the Chiefs take on the Bengals. Uh, both taking on the teams of Ohio. Yeah, and I think that I would like to see this game on Sunday, but it would not shock me if Kansas City has another slew of. COVID players that go on the list if they if it ends up getting moved. That's just the reality of things today. <clears throat> and you have to wonder, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, all those guys that went on the list this week that could come back, uh, they have to have one negative test, and they have to be activated by Saturday. The Saturday Ooh. at, what, 4 o'clock? Yeah. I believe. That's the, that's the deadline, yep. And that's the thing that I really don't understand. Why, if you're the NFL – don't you create if you're creating all these new COVID rules? Why not create a daytime uh, day of scenario where you know you have to have it in by you know two hours prior to kickoff or you know three hours prior to kickoff? You can say if somebody tested negative, especially since it's just one test at this point. 
Yeah, that's that's the issue here is you want to try to see if there's I guess they have their protocols and their reasons for, you know, having time to figure out if it's a false positive or things like mm-hmm. and things like that are false negative. Uh, you know, but I, I'm with you. This The NFL needs to find a way. But I, I think the bottom line is they 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 have to take this seriously. I think the approach that they that that's been you know proposed by some players about, oh, stop testing the vaccinated players. And I'm just like, that's a way we, you know, we're, we're talking about Omicron right now. Who knows if we're talking about, you know, gamma or. Uh, Zeta or, or or Omega variants in the in the coming weeks. This could get this could get a lot worse. And if there's another variant that comes sweeping through the country or through the world, and then it's, it hits the locker rooms before we before we know, uh, then we're talking and, and say it's worse. Say the symptoms are a lot worse. Say that you know it's causing more damage. That's the thing here is COVID's been rapidly evolving. They have to protect against it. Um, you know I. I I, I think I hope for the sake of these teams that they're able to both recover from it and that they don't the, the infection doesn't spread. But they got to really take a deep, a deep, hard look to see if this game can be played Sunday, because if it's pushed further back, you're starting to risk the shortened weeks. And we've seen how that's crushed some teams. The Steelers got hurt by that last year when they went from having a long week to a short week by having to play a Wednesday game and then a Sunday game. Yeah, and Kansas City's coming off a basically a mini buy since they played on Thursday night the week before, so that kind of mm-hmm. helps a little bit. But I agree with you. I think that they need to try to find a way to play this game on Sunday. The issue that they're going to run into and the issue they're going to run into the rest of the season is you're going to have more and more positive cases. Uh, you're absolutely correct in the fact that that's just going to be the reality of it. Uh, I think a lot of these cases are probably from guys that were playing in the Chiefs-Chargers game when you look at that. And you know, maybe they weren't showing symptoms at that point. Who knows? I don't know how all of that works. They're changing the protocols as we go through. We'll get you more updated information as soon as we can. But at this point, there's a lot of question marks as to who is going to be available for this game for the Chiefs. Multiple starters on both the offensive side and the defensive side. And that could really hurt considering they just got the number one seed uh, in the AFC playoffs with three weeks to go. It certainly could hurt. It could also hurt your chances if you're playing fantasy football. But the best place to play fantasy football is Stat Hero, where no one plays daily, daily fantasy sports to lose because winning feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its daily kind or daily if it was kind in daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. And here's the crazy part: Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play, and you handpick your team. To, to, face, to see who you want to face one-on-one. This is a never-foreseen innovation of a fantasy sports and sp- uh, betting hybrid as Stat Hero plays, cl- plays clocking odds that are over four times better than other daily fantasy sports. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of other experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head-to-head is what daily fantasy sports should be one-on-one. Sign up for free right now at Stat Hero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, all capital letters, all one word, locked on for, for a 100% deposit match. Again, that's stathero.com slash locked on with promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on, terms and conditions apply. Now, keeping it rolling here on Crossover Thursday, it's Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers with Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs. We're breaking things down. We're going through things step by step. So I got some questions for you, my man, Chris. Uh, I just realized also, being guys who are, we have, we have both, we have C's for both of our names. I'm always called CC or C squared. So I guess we're C quad. I don't know. Um, it's, I know, it's, right? It's kind of, it's, it's different, yeah. isn't it? 
I just I was just getting done talking to a, a coach uh, here in Pittsburgh who who calls me CC all the time, and I was just like, you know, actually, I I, I don't I don't know. I just I just that that that's always caught me off guard when people people keep keep going to that, and I see like, man, four C's in this conversation. That's wild. But I wanted to ask about the run game for the Chiefs because they drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the first round. He was going to be the guy that turned things around. He hasn't really clicked yet, but the Steelers have one of the worst run defenses in the league right now. They're getting gashed left and right. Uh, they gave up over 200 yards on the ground last week, even though they were able to beat the Titans and hold them to a, to a touchdown. This is a week where the Steelers, they know what Patrick Mahomes brings, even if Ty, uh, even if Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are out of the game, and those guys are big factors, but Patrick Mahomes is still a dangerous dude who can who can who can make make anyone um, uh, make anyone a, uh, a a a considerable threat. But um, when you look when you look at how this team operates, is this is the running game of something that can break out for the Chiefs, or has that been something that's been tough to get uh, situated for Kansas City? You know, I think that's kind of one of those things where it's a given week-to-week type thing. And I think going into this week, I think Kansas City could look at the way that they're going to have to play offense, and they could really want to try to run the ball against the Steelers. Uh, the problem that you're going to have if you don't have Travis Kelsey and you don't have Tyree Kills, you don't really have I, – I mean, I guess you do have Michael Hardman, so you can try to stretch the field that way, but Hardman hasn't been playing a ton. So, you know, you take away what Hill does great, you take away what Travis Kelsey does great – you can't just replace those guys. And right now, Kansas City also is in a situation where they're going to be down to one tight end. Yeah, that's scary. Two of their tight ends are on the COVID list right now. So if they go into this game with only Noah Gray at tight end, yeah, you can move Mike Burton, who's a fullback, and you can play him up at the line and play him in that tight of the, the tight end role, or you can use him as an H back and you can do stuff like that. But you still are going to be down, and that's going to hurt your run game. I really wouldn't mind seeing Kansas City say, okay, we're in a situation where we're going to be missing some of our guys. Why don't we go six offensive linemen for, you know, 25 to 33% of the game, you know, a third of the game, and see if you can run the ball that way and try to take advantage of what you can do well. I do think they have the ability to run the ball well. It's just been a question of whether or not, uh, not only Reed, but whether or not Mahomes is going to, you know, hand the ball off as opposed to, passing the ball because they do a ton of RPOs. It, it, that could be a certain factor there is running the RPO. But one guy that really has boosted the offensive line this year is Creed Humphrey. Everyone knows <laughs> knows who he is. Yeah. Everyone knows he's been doing very well. Um, he's a guy that a lot of Steelers fans wanted. Um, and, you know, it, glad you it, didn't get him. Yeah, right, right. Um, the Steelers have been stuck with Kendrick Green, and they haven't been as happy about his performance this year. But what has made Creed Humphrey special this year? You know, I, I liked his tape in college. I, he was a guy I thought that that was that should have been their second round pick. They, and Pat Frymuth has been a heck of a tight end. He looks like he's going to be a beast for years to come. But this team desperately needs a center. Kansas City got their center, and he's been playing at a high level. But what has made him so special? It's really hard to say what's made him so special, but I would say if you look at his game, one of the things that I think that really helps him is, you know, he was playing at Oklahoma. They have some really big, you know, teams that they play off, you know, play against in in the Big 12. Uh, yeah, they're not pl- playing against the SEC every week, but they were still playing, you know, Big 12 type competition, which there are some good players there. He was fantastic at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. But the thing I think that really is helping him is, he knows how to leverage his body so well because of his wrestling background. And you watch him, he doesn't really get his feet out from, you know, get out over his feet, which causes a lot of lineman trouble. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really, I mean, he just keeps his balance and he keeps between Mahomes and, or the running back, you know, depending on who has the ball and the defender. And that's just 
that's what he does every single play. And all you have to do as a center, or all you have to do as an offensive lineman is be able to do that. And if you keep your center of gravity nine times out of 10, you're probably going to be doing pretty well because you're going to have a defensive lineman that's lunging at you that more than likely is going to lose their center of gravity at some point, uh, you know, depending on hand fighting. So I think that's really helped him. I think his strength has helped him. I think uh, there are some things he needs to work on going forward. But to be where he is right now, and I will say this, I think he deserves to be a Pro Bowl player. We'll find out because uh, we're recording this on Wednesday night. I think they're announcing the Pro Bowl sometime today, actually. Uh, I, I think he deserves to be a Pro Bowl player already. Uh, I think he's played that well. And it would not shock me if he ends up becoming an all-pro at his position at some point. I mean, he certainly he certainly had a phenomenal year. When you watch him on tape, he handles people so well, and he he's able to, to leverage the middle the, the, the middle of the line. But I want to flip the defense to ask you a couple defensive questions before we go to our next break. Um, one thing that, of course, Steelers fans have all kept an eye on is Melvin Ingram going to the Chiefs. He doesn't have he doesn't have high you know stat box numbers, but anyone who watches tape sees what he does for this team. He allows Chris Jones to be inside, and it allows it's kind of helped the Chiefs be like, hey. Let's get our best, one of our best players, back at his natural spot, so that he can play. He can play there and wreck things. And you've seen the the drastic change in the Chiefs' defense in the last few weeks because of it. Yeah, and I want to point out, you know, a lot of people shy away from the fact that it, it means that Chris Jones went back inside almost full time. And to me, I think that they're missing the point of how big of a thing that really is. Mm. Chris Jones can be. I don't know. I, I would say he has a chance to probably be maybe a top 30, uh, maybe even closer to a top 20 defensive end if he had time to play at it and get, you know, the craft. But there is difference between defensive end and defensive tackle. But he is easily a top three defensive tackle. And I would say I would even say he is just underneath and um, sorry, Aaron Donald. So I think that him playing back inside is huge. Him getting healthy is also huge because he was hurt early in the year. So a combination of that, and then you get into a situation where Chris Jones was has never been a great run defender. Mm. And I think what you saw early in the season was he got abused, and I, and I really do want to use that word because there were times where he was just so out of position because he was used to rushing as a defensive tackle and used to using his leverage and being in that certain space where you're more like in a phone booth as opposed to being an edge player where you have to worry about holding your edge and not crashing down inside. And I think that that's a huge thing as well. You have a you have a guy in Melvin Ingram who's been very good at setting the edge. He's been very good at getting after running backs and helping the Chiefs uh, rush defense get better. And I think that's a huge help as well. And you're right. I mean, as, as you're looking at it, Frank Clark is playing better. Melvin Ingram is playing. Uh, he may not be getting sacks, but it doesn't have to be sacks. It's right. pressures. It's holding his – if he can hold his edge, that's a huge boost for the run defense. Mm -hmm. And if they can get the run defense better, that's a huge boost to be able to also help the pass defense. Because if you have a defensive end that's taking up one or two guys on the defensive, you know, on that side of the offensive line, maybe you're, you know, blitzing somebody else from another position. And Kansas City's been doing that a lot. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things. And I'm very helpful. I'm very thankful that the Steelers also made that trade. So thank you. Yeah, that was a bizarre situation. <clears throat> Mike Tomlin has always believed in the whole, you know, we we want volunteers, not hostages thing. Mm -hmm. And Melvin Ingram made it clear, I don't want to be here when he saw that he wasn't just getting automatic snaps over Alex Highsmith. And they're like, uh, dude, 
he's getting pressure on the quarterback uh, that he, he's got to, he's got to play. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting how that played out, but it's just one of those things, Mike Tomlin, he, if, if you say, I, I want this and I'm not going to be patient with you. He's, he's like, okay, go somewhere else. So the chiefs were the, definitely the benefactor of that situation. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, the last question I had was something that Mike Tomlin actually pointed out in his Tuesday press conference. Cause he pointed out how the, how the chiefs love to rotate their three safeties, Tyron Matthew, Juan, Horn, Juan Thornhill and Daniel Sorensen. What has this group done? To, to really help disguise coverages and mix things up in the back of the Chiefs defense because I've always loved Tyron Matthew. He's been amazing. Uh, but Juan Thornhill, Thornhill was a guy that when I saw him in Virginia, I was like, oh, the Steelers could really use that guy. <laughs> and then then the Chiefs got him, and I was like, ah, dang it. And uh, it was just one of those things. But I, I've loved seeing, seeing him work, and it seems like there's been a real chemistry on that back end of that defense. Yeah, and to be fair, you guys have a pretty good one in uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. I just want to point that out. Thank you. Uh, but I, what I will say is when you start looking at the way this defense plays and you look at how it played early in the season, I think it was them getting into form, them figuring out, <coughs> excuse me, them figuring out what they had players to be able to do. And when you start looking at, you know, a Tyron Matthew, a guy that you can move all over the defense and have him play anywhere, you know, something that may have been missed by a lot of people is he basically played mostly slot snaps the last two weeks because the Chiefs were down Legereus Sneed, who just lost his brother and should be back for the Steelers game, I believe. He's already back in Kansas City uh, and he's been That's practicing. Good. So I would imagine he's going to be back this week. Um, but he was more their slot corner and he's a he's a very good corner. But Tyra Matthews stopped and stepped into that spot and basically took over the corner duties at the slot position. So then you have a situation where Tyron Matthew is playing slot. So you have Juan Thornhill in the back and you have Daniel Sorensen in the back. And Sorensen was getting beat a lot early in the season. But I think Kansas City was putting him in the wrong positions. I think that they figured out we can't put him in here in some positions. And I think over the past couple of weeks, they've kind of had to, and he's played better. Uh, But I think they've also been working on getting more pressure on the quarterback, which also alleviates some of the pressure on your safeties and your back end guys. It certainly does. That's, that's something that that's going to be that's going to be big for the Chiefs, especially in their final games as they make their push to make the playoffs and ultimately the Super Bowl. We'll get the one seed in the playoffs. They're they're going to make the playoffs. The Steelers are the team trying to make the playoffs because everybody's trying to get to the Super Bowl. But how can you get to the Super Bowl? You can use On Location. Super Bowl Fifty Six is at SoFi and it's less than a hundred days away. And On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a once in a lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with nfl legends five-star la hotels and food by the great wolfgang puck visit on location exp.com slash sb56 for more information or search super bowl on location again that's on location exp.com slash sb56 or search super bowl on location we're also brought to you by bet online ag bet online has your your uh, has you covered all season long with more props odds and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Again, that's L O C K E D O N locked on all capital letters, all one word from basketball to football, NHL to boxing and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and bet online where the game starts. All right, Mr. Carter, we got to get into it. This chiefs game and the Steelers going up against the Steelers team. I want to start on offense. Sure. You know, what we've seen from Najee Harris has been very impressive at times, uh, but there's also games where he's kind of disappeared. 
But the thing that's really stood out to me with the Steelers offense is, you know, Chase Claypool doesn't seem to be like the guy he was last year. Uh, and your wide receivers just don't seem to be near as effective as they are. Do you think that's part of Big Ben and the way he's been playing? Or do you think it's more of the offensive scheme and the wide receiver group? I think it's more about Ben right now. I mean, it's certainly a lot of this is Chase Claypool needs to focus. He's in a sophomore slump for sure. But one thing I, I always point out to people, yeah, uh, one thing I always point out to people is that Deontay Johnson this time last year was also in a bit of a slump. He was dropping passes left and right. He, you know, everyone's calling him drop Deontay and all these other things. But uh, when you look, when you see how he's bounced back this year, he's been one of the more consistent receivers in the NFL. He's great at getting separation. He's bringing in tougher passes now. Um, that's something Chase Claypool, he has had more antics. Like, you know, it's just there's times he doesn't look focused. There's times that he's not making the big play that he should. And Mike Tomlin's had to. Uh, two yeah. weeks ago against the Vikings. I mean. Oh, man. That's yeah, situation. End of the game. Yeah. How do you, how do you, you know, pose for a first down? Sorry, I, that just stands out to me when it comes to play pool this year. And what was crazy was earlier in that game, he gets called for a personal foul because he, uh, after a play, he's like pointing, you know, putting, poking the guy, his opponent's uh, uh, face mask. And he's like poking at him and it draws and the refs see it. And they're like, you're being a jerk. That's a flag. And at one point, Mike Tomlin pulls him off the field and you, you, you couldn't tell exactly what he said, but you knew what he was saying. Cause it was <laughs> like when, when you yank your kid at church and you're like, don't sit your butt down over there and don't make me come get you. It was that sort of talk and when he came and he, he came back about a quarter later and then all of a sudden he's making plays and he's not doing those things and it was when he caught a fourth down pass on the final drive and he's pointing and everyone's like dude what are you doing um, <laughs> the clock's running and he's wasting five and, or six and, seconds and he's wasting waste wasting time there and then the ball gets knocked away by one of the vikings uh in a very in a very sly move so he, he has been he he has been he has been a journey this year i, I think some one of our one person uh, we have a guy, stats guy Daniel in uh, in Pittsburgh. He's a great he's a great follow um, on Twitter. But he he pointed out Chase Claypool is who everyone accuses Juju Smith Schuster of being because Juju Smith Schuster didn't do those things. He just danced. He did TikToks. But Chase Claypool is doing the on the field things that are hurting the Steelers. But I mean, I think a big part of it is you know one Juju being out. He was it's funny he was he's one of the younger players on the team, but he's also still the elder statesman of the wide receiver group because everyone else got there after him. Um, and not having him in kind of you know rock things back a bit, but also Ben Roethlisberger just hasn't been consistent this year. There's times that he looks on fire, and there's times that he looks way off. And I think that this is a group that hasn't gotten good enough to be used to playing with a quarterback who can be inconsistent like that. Antonio Brown, he was you know if you threw in Landry Jones, he was going to do that. You know he was going to figure out a way to make plays and get open and, and do things like that. These guys are getting open, but you know they're not getting consistent passes, and that makes things harder. So I think that's where the holdup is right now when it comes to that. Some of it's I, I talked about this on yesterday's podcast for Locked On Steelers. Some of it is the is the is the play calls from Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator. Some of it is Ben Roethlisberger not seeing the play calls when they're there and there's open guys. It's just, just been a myriad of just issues upon issues that have compounded to make the Steelers' offensive problems what they are. Yeah, and then you look at you know Ben's got sacked 33 times this year, which I would yeah. imagine is probably pretty high for him in his career. I I don't have that up in front of me, but he's not an easy guy to bring down. Uh, what have you seen from the offensive line, and how is that playing for Kansas, for the Steelers? Because if you look at this Chiefs unit, one of the strengths that I think they have going into this game is their defensive line, if Chris, especially if Chris Jones could come back. Yeah, it's very bizarre because the offensive line early in the year was actually making progress. They looked like they were growing each week, and then they just fell off a cliff. Now, granted, part of that might have been their best offensive line, but Kevin Dotson got hurt. He's been activated off of injured reserve this week. We'll see if he plays. I doubt he does. Um, but uh, K uh, Kendrick Green, their center, 
he's been he's been very up and down. You know, he didn't play center in college. Um, he played guard. He played center like a couple game for a couple games. They brought him in, and he's good at running and moving and moving and hitting in space. But when it comes to getting leverage at the line of scrimmage, he has not been good at that. And he's also struggled with communicating. Um, and that was a major factor against the Vikings. Uh, the, the 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 crowd noise definitely got to him. So that could be a factor that the Chiefs used to their advantage at Arrowhead. Um, uh, but you know, other guys, I think Chakuma Core for at right tackle has sort of found his footing a little bit better. He's done a better job. But Dan Moore Jr. at left tackle has just been, you know, he he gives good effort. But you see how he's just overmatched with some matchups, and it's been tough to compensate. And the Steelers have had to really work around this offensive line, not work with it. Um, that's that's been an issue all season long. We'll see if that continues in this game. But they did hold up against Jeffrey Simmons. I'll say that the the, the Titans and with with Jeffrey Simmons and Bud Dupree, they were trying to they were trying to disrupt things. They couldn't get the run game going, uh, but they were able to hold up just enough to say, to get the offense a couple points. Well, I will say Chris Jones is a little bit different than Justin Simmons, but there's Je- sorry, Jeffrey Simmons, but he's right. a very good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I want to flip it over to the other side of the ball and look at, uh, I'm a little confused because I watched the end of the Titans and the Steelers game, and it sure looked like TJ Watt had a severe injury at the very end of that game. And he came mm-hmm. back and he played, but he's not in the injury report. So is there any word out of Pittsburgh? Did he actually get injured or was it he not got knocked? The wind got knocked out of him or what? Because it sure looked like he was holding his ribs. I, I think it was more so the wind getting knocked out of him or if it's an injury, he's just it's just something that he's willing to play through. Uh, that's who TJ Watt's been this season. He was he had never missed a game going into this year. And then all of a sudden he gets hurt and he's missing games. And uh, when in games that he plays all in all four quarters, they're seven and two. Um, and I think I think it's just they they see his impact. You know, you know, with with where where he's where he's been and what he does for the team, um, they're oh four and one when he either plays, he either misses the game or only, or plays less than two quarters uh, or less than three quarters. But um, you know, this is that TJ Watt is a guy who he's he's a warrior for the team. He's found a way to be valuable for the team, and he's going to keep powering through. Um, if, if he's if he's a guy that's not on your injury report, that means there you could probably count on him playing. Granted, it'll be interesting to see will he be a hundred percent for this game. I think he I think he will be just by the way that things are looking. But one thing Mike Tomlin also said he's like they're taking it easy physically this week on the Steelers because they know that last week was pretty physical. Yeah, and the other thing that really sticks out to me when I look at the Steelers' defensive stats and, and the way they've been playing, they are second in the league in total sacks at 41. Uh, that's a very impressive number. You're going to be having a Steelers' defensive line going up against the Chiefs' offensive line, who lately has become kind of a strength of their own. Yeah, you, no, that. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, what do you think about that that matchup between those between those two groups? It's going to be really interesting because if TJ Watt is healthy, he's going to he's going to be someone that you got to pay attention to, and, you, and your offensive tackles are going to have to keep an eye on him. Um, the Steelers have gotten a boost from different players. Chris Wormley filling in uh, at the at defensive line on the interior defensive line has been a big asset. He has six sacks on the season. No one saw that coming. Um, they're, they're still missing Stephon Tewitt, who hasn't played a single game this year. He was the only uh, defensive interior defensive lineman last year, not named Aaron Donald to get double digit sacks. He was a force to be reckoned with, and he hasn't been around this season. Uh, he suffered an injury late last year. And then when he was supposed to be going through rehab, his brother died that messed up his rehab schedule. So now he hasn't been able to really return yet this year. Um, and then their other guy, they, they signed to be behind him. Tyson Alulu, who the entire team loves. He has a serious injury in the beginning of the season. And now they're down to fourth and fifth string guys that are behind that are lining up next to Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward's still a beast, still a monster, does everything that he does, and a, and a team, a true team leader. Um, 
but he need, he needs help, and that's been the Steelers' biggest weakness. But as far as getting after the quarterback, Cam Hayward, Chris Wormley, Alex Highsmith, T.J. Watt, they do that. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what their plan is for Patrick Mahomes because they have a ton of respect for what he brings to the game, and they also have a ton of respect for what the Chiefs' offensive line has brought. But I would expect a lot of chances, crosses up to ch- crossing up to try to get single one-on-one matchups for certain guys, but especially for T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward. Well, and I'm glad you bring that up because to me, what that means is Kansas City should be looking at running the ball even more. Mm -hmm. Uh, I agree. They they struggle with the run game at times, but I think that they have the ability to do it. Uh, And I think it could be really good for them if they can get the run game going in this game uh, because you don't want to go up against that pass rush, especially considering you're going to be using basically your maybe second or third right tackle uh, because Lucas Dang just went on the COVID list. The other thing I want to really talk about is, you know, you have you lost Devin Bush. Yeah, And the one thing that we kind of talked about early in this episode was, you know, we don't know what's coming tomorrow. I mean, we're recording this Wednesday night on Thursday. You know, the Chiefs could have several more players. Who knows? Pittsburgh could have several more players. You put mm-hmm. three players on the list on Wednesday. And, you know, the way that this has seemingly been working is it's, you know, a couple of the first today and then, you know, just adding as you go. So, you know, when you start looking at a guy like Devin Bush, you know, he was going to be a guy that would, you know, really help your defense and, and probably cover a guy like Travis Kelsey at times. Uh, but you're not going to be probably with him this week. How do you feel about matching up against the Chiefs receivers uh, when the Chiefs do have to pass the ball? Well, I, I think that's actually the part of the Steelers game that they that they'll feel the most confident about. Terrell Edmonds has really been an asset to what the Steelers want to want to do this season. He helps neutralize uh, you know opposing players, whether they're tight ends, receivers, or running backs. He flies all over the field. He's not the strong hitter that that that, that you know that like you know some some safeties in the Steelers of the Steelers have been in the past. But he's a guy that you know he has the the height, the length, the speed, the quickness to match up with several different body types, and that's why they love using him. Mike Fitzpatrick has been a guy that's been able to really seal things back and having Joe Hayden back has been a big boost to the team they communicate better when he's on the field they talk better um it allows Cameron Sutton to play more more natural just and just be outside and then they can throw in different guys in the slot Arthur Arthur Mollette has been the guy there lately but they've also liked to use young guys Trey Norwood a a seventh round rookie safety out of Oklahoma he's found ways to be useful this year but they but now the thing is this has been probably the health is the secondary has been they count on that to be part of their plan now as far as Devin Bush it's going to be interesting. He's been a, he's had a very rocky year. He's been, he's he's had some really good games. He's had a lot more really bad games. Um, but he's also coming off an ACL tear, and he's also been dealing with a defensive line that can't you know take on double teams and has been allowing centers and guards to just leak to the second level a lot. If um, the same thing goes for Joe Schobert, who they signed in the offseason. Um, if I'm the I'm right with you. If the if I'm the Chiefs, I'm running the ball a lot. I know I got Patrick Mahomes back there, but that is the Steelers' weakness right now. If you start throwing the ball, it's Patrick Mahomes. He'll he, he can catch fire. But the Steelers the Steelers' pass defense is the best part of its defense. So it might be a situation where it's like, hey, maybe we forego using this to go at, to go after their to go after their weakness instead of using our strength to go after their strength. And they, who knows that might work out for the Chiefs. But um, you know they they have major concerns in stopping the run because of defensive line or the lack of depth on the defensive line um, and Devin Bush not being there certainly doesn't help. Well, and I think the biggest thing that a lot of people forget is that it is a huge deal when you start missing your starting defensive tackles and your starting defensive tackles can't keep your linebackers clean because your linebackers are supposed to be cleaning up plays. 
That's mm-hmm. what they're supposed to be doing. Your linemen are supposed to be eating blocks and taking on those players, especially in your type of defense. So that's a huge deal if they're not able to do just their small part of you know keeping guys from getting to the second level. That's going to throw the entire defense off. The thing I'm looking for in this game is you know run the ball early, get the run going, get the Steelers to bring one of the safeties down, and then try yeah. throwing the ball over the top. Then yeah. try getting the passing game going a little bit and. I'm not the guy, Ryan is, you know, if, if you were talking to my other co-host, Ryan's really the guy that loves talking about running game, and I'm not normally that guy. But with the, you know, the COVID list with Kansas City and the way that this game looks like it's shaking out, I would really consider running the ball and using, you know, Mike Burton and, and really trying to pound the ball uh, early on at least. Chris, it's been great. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I would love to wish you good luck in this game, but I probably wouldn't mean it. So uh, no offense there, buddy. <clears throat> hey, no, that, no that, that that's fine. It's all well and dandy. And hey, man, it's just, you know, it's, it's, remember, we're not out there. The, t- the, the, the teams we cover are out there. Yep. So it's just either way, we're going to be making money because we doing locked on about it. <laughs> but um, but but I, I do appreciate the sentiment. I, I do. I do think that these are two uh, organizations mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for. Um, when you look at what they what they've been able to put together, um, and I, I think that these are both these are two that the Chiefs are playing at a level right now that that have them earning the one seed. I just think right now, whatever it is about the one seed, it's been a cursed position in the in the AFC this year. Yeah, it has. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I I would I'm not wishing anything ill upon the Chiefs. I'm just saying, man, I would not be surprised if this is this is just like that Bills game at the start of the season where everyone looks around like, wait a minute, what 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 is this? Why are this what what do you mean block punts? Like I I wouldn't be surprised if goofy stupid <clears throat> things like that happen. And then we're looking in the fourth quarter and we're thinking, wow, this is this is really happening. The one seed Chiefs are struggling with the Steelers just like the Titans did last week. The Ravens and the Bills have. Yeah, and don't forget, I mean, you know, if you're bringing if you have all these guys on COVID, you bring people up from the practice squad you may be signing mm-hmm. people off the street depending mm-hmm. on what position groups you have issues at and then they're going to be playing special teams for you so who knows what's going to happen who knows I mean, it's going to be a crazy one it's going to be crazy so looking forward to it good luck over the rest of the season and uh looks like you have a chance to make the playoffs. so i wish you luck in every week other than this one 